0: What's going on everybody? This is Carson, also known as Mets fan from YouTube. You're listening to the official Mets weekly podcast hosted by four Mets fans who are brutally honest and don't hold back. Make sure to head over to our YouTube channel and follow us on TikTok for exclusive content on each platform. So with that being said, let's go Mets and enjoy the show. Alright, I've been meaning to ask this question for I don't know about a week or two and I want y'all to answer this honestly. Do we know if Steven Ridings
1: is alive or not? I haven't heard anything about him.
2: hes I think he's on AAA, minor, uh, IL. I think that's, and he's on the sixty he's put him on the sixty day, so he's dead pretty much.
0: Every single year we usually have like that one player that's like MIA, and I guess that's going to be him for this season. But other than that, episode 17 of the Mets Weekly Podcast, 60 Minutes of Brutal Honesty, begins now. <laughs> All right, so you guys know the drill. As per usual, subscribe to the Mets Weekly channel for content throughout the week, including videos, shorts, live streams, and this very podcast every single Monday. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, all of us individually. The links are all in the description. I'm not even going to go to any intros whatsoever. I'm just going to go to our first segment of the podcast, which is basically like our intro, which is a three-minute takeaway. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock for each one of us, We get to rant every single thing that we want to say about this team. And for the current context, let me say that the Mets currently sit at 17 and 18, losing seven of their last 10, getting swept in Detroit and dropping three game sets to the Braves, Nationals and Rockies to cap off the weekend. So uh, I'll start with Frank. The floor is yours. You have three minutes. Say whatever you need to say. Get it off your chest. Go ahead.
1: I had mentioned in the past few weeks my concerns about the offense, about the style of the offense, and how many of the same player they are. But that really came into the fold when you saw the lineup today, and you saw Volgoback Canna, and Guillaume back to back to back. You can't. I just still believe you cannot have all three of those guys on the same team. You could have one. You can't have all of them. I think that we have just found, uh, and Daniel Vogelback in particular, he had a home run today. Wow, but the Mets were down like seven runs. But other than that, when he gets picked off at second base, you just see the little value that he has. As a DH bat, he has the same amount of home runs as Jeff McNeil, as Brett Beatty. I mean, this guy, like, we say a lot of people have to go. He's number one. He has to go. I mean, because the power is not going to come from any of these other guys. It's not going to come from Guillaume. Fam. it's inconsistent. Canada Escobar, they're too old. It's not going to come from them. They need a young bat. uh, And I'm ready to just – if they had to just cut Vogelbach loose and call up a Vientos or Marusio, I'm good with that. It's gotten to that point because they just need something exciting. They need something different. This is probably one of the most boring Mets teams as far as an offense is concerned that I've seen in a long time because everybody's up there looking for walks. That's it. They they, get, they have a lot of good on-base percentages. Vogelbach leads way, Great on-base percentage, but they don't score runs. And you see these other teams hit home run after home run, and it seems like a miracle if a Met hits a home run, especially if it's not Pete Alonso. So, uh, they, they've got to start from somewhere. You know, it's a DH. Someone who's there for hitting, not, not a draw walks. I just think that Vogelbeck doesn't have any redeeming qualities where like, if he's just going to draw walks, th- there's too many of those guys already. So I, I just think no matter what he has got to go, they got to make a change, whether it's a young guy or trade, whatever he has to go. Also, I mean, a team that has this kind of payroll and puts so much money into a single reliever, you see all the other bums that stroll out there. I mean, when you see the Yaka and the Tommy Hunter and the go I mean, some of these guys who were on minor league contracts are all making big time innings for your major league team. And it's only May. So again, we've talked so much about depth, about getting quality major league players, that's not the case. And, you know, Joy Lucchese, a guy who coming off Tommy John surgery, pitches on short rest, pitched pretty good. And then these other bumps just totally blow the game wide open. So, I mean, that was very telling, and it's only May 7th.
2: So since I got my little sticky note of the bullet points of who I want to shit on, let's start off with starting pitching. Uh, you know, Max Scherzer comes back from the sticky stuff and gets lit up by the Detroit Tigers, who I believe last year had a WRC Plus combined. I think it was like 42 for a Team WRC Plus. Javi Baez being the only competent hitter in that lineup who has been god-awful since, the, since now, of course, he sees the Mets, hits a bunch of homers. All, Riley Green shows some kind of potential. Stunt's historical, still doesn't do anything. Tomas Nito, what the fuck does he even do? He went from being one of the best defensive catchers to being the fattest slob, just swinging everything. We know you're not going to do anything offensively. We don't expect that from you. But we expect you to be one of the best defensive catchers, and that you have turned into God knows John Buck levels of defense back there. And you're swinging at three sliders. You know, you don't take a pitch. You don't have any selection at the plate. At least, if you're going to strike out, at least take a few before you strike out. Not just three pitches. Go sit back down and go be to go continue to regress defensively. Adam Ottavino, again, I think we've said it. Relievers are up and down. Great year last year. Has not been consistent this year. Again, Jimmy is Tommy Hunter, get this guy out of here. Like, I get it, of course, and this is, we'll get to the Buck in a second. But again, it's one of the Buck guys. Oh, you have connections with Buck? Oh, you're cool. Even though you were, you know, you never really that good. But now you're just throwing a 92-mile-an-hour meatball cutter, and it's getting destroyed over the middle of the plate. Mark Hanna is just a shell of himself. Like, what happened? Like, he was productive last year. And there was times that you, you were the only guy hitting in the offense. Now you're just, again, weak ground balls. And, like, again, the occasional walk with Cannon. But, again, the production is gone. Lindor, like, he's, rever- he's reverting back to that 2019 form where there's no, again, the defense is great. But you're seeing some god-awful uncompetitive A.B.s where he's just going up there swinging three pitches. And then, boom, he's gone. And, you know, you hear him complaining, oh, we're humans. We're all humans, yes. But we're, you're not, we're not all equally paid $43 million a season two-play base or 30, whatever the hell the exact number is. And let's get to the last point, because this guy gets all the flowers from Mets fans, and that is Buck Showalter. There is not a manager that I wouldn't want who knows the rules better than Buck. There is not a manager that knows the rules. To finagle your way out of a rundown, there is not a manager that knows better than him. But the decisions with the lineup, it takes him 10 years to make a different lineup that actually looks productive. you got a red-hot Brett Beatty. You have him in eighth. For majority of his hot streak, you finally now move him up into the five spot. The bullpen manager, why the hell again? The trust in Tommy Hunter, the trust in Drew Smith. Buck needs to start taking some of this heat. I get it. He's a great mind, but we need to really consider what's moving on with Buck.
0: God, I don't think I can fit everything in three minutes, but I'm going to try. Overall, this team's not good. They really are just not good. and I can tell you right now, this was my main fear coming into this entire Season where the Mets bring back a roster that whether they are replacing guys who leave in free agency or they just have the same exact lineup that they had last year that did absolutely nothing in the playoffs. You need to hit home runs to be successful in this era of baseball and they don't do that and even shows you even more in this last stretch. Pete Alonso has not played fairly well and what is going on behind him. Nothing. If he doesn't hit, no one else is going to hit. And that's pretty much the end of the story. I really hope that we don't have to rely on someone like Brett Beatty to be our best hitter and be the next guy behind Pete Alonso who does produce. But that's kind of just what we're seeing right now. Brett Beatty has been fantastic, but out of all the dark spots, he's the only bright spot. And there's just way too many things that are just clobbering this whole situation we're gonna get into it later but max scherzer i'm getting a little tired of this guy i'm not gonna lie it's not just the performance on the field just kind of how he's just acting he should really um be a lot better especially considering he is a veteran and one of the greatest pitchers of all time supposedly a first ballot hall of famer justin verlander we i mean he's he's finally back i'm glad 40 years old, how long is this going to hold up? Again, we talked about this old rotation constantly. Edwin Diaz is not replaceable. And I think we can say that right now, Andrew, go suck it. Adam Adovino, it doesn't look like the wheels are completely falling off yet, but they are getting real, real close. David Robertson still scares the living crap out of me. He is coming real, real close. To blowing the doors off of it, and he's the type of guy that I've really seen. He looks like a guy who's going to blow it in a big moment that we don't want it. We're officially below five hundred for the first time this season. Other than that, there's so much that I want to talk about with this team, and that's going to obviously go towards all of our segments. But they need to get this act together, and some some moves have to be made. Whether it is bringing up some young guys or benching some other guys, this ain't working, and it's not, and it's not working um in in a very brutal brutal way it's it's not a fun team to watch like frank said end of story it's just not fun it's just torture at this point now that we got all of that out of the way justin verlander made his mets debut this week in detroit coming off the injured list he started off a little bit rocky surrendering back-to-back home runs but he did settle in five innings pitched five hits two earned runs one walk Five strikeouts on 79 pitches, Verlander's fastball sat at 95 to 96 miles an hour and topped 97. The 40-year-old reigning Cy Young Award winner became the 10th starting pitcher in Mets history to make their debut at that age.
2: Didn't start off good. It looked, again, getting shelled by Javi Baez and Riley Green right away. Wasn't the greatest to start, but he settled in. He looked fine. He looked, he looked productive uh, after the fact. Again, for the first time out, obviously you don't like that first inning, but he did pitch better throughout the five innings. Uh, again, is he great? No. Again, could the team offense score more than two runs? No. But that's not, the, that's not the question. Again, I think he looked fine. We'll see again. We'll see him again tomorrow, I think. When is he pitch Tomorrow or Tuesday?
0: Wednesday, I think. Wednesday? We don't play tomorrow.
2: He looked fine. Again, there was, again, the home run scare, which we know in his career he's had the home run problem. But he settled in fine. Again, for a first start, it's kind of like, oh, he's kind of his opening day start. You know, if this was on April 1st, I think we'd feel a lot better. But the fact that it was in the beginning of end of April... We feel a little bit different. So again, it wasn't amazing, but you know, I think I thought he settled in fine and we'll see how much we'll see if we can get six innings out of next start and we'll see if he can build off after that.
1: Yeah, it was just good to see him take the mound finally as a New York Met in the regular season because you know we had knew he went out early and then he had some of these just weird comments. I'm ninety nine percent healthy, like I mean we just heard a lot of just weird stuff going on, and whenever it comes to a new guy coming into the Mets organization Who's a pitcher who's forty years old? You always have those injury concerns. So the fact that he was just able to make a start, get through the start, that was the most important thing. All in all, was an okay start. But I think the main thing when it comes to Verlander is that I want to see him work deep into games, and I feel like he's going to have to because if the Mets are going to be shorthanded and tired, and they're going to have to go, you know, Tommy Hunter three innings and Jimmy Alcala bonus two innings because all their relievers were all used up because the starting pitchers can't go more than five innings. I mean, if you are paying the, you know, 40-some-odd million for Verlander, he's got to be working deep into the game. So it's only the first start, only the five innings, but I think that's going to be the real key is that will he be a guy who is going to be a five-inning pitcher or a six-inning pitcher, or is he a guy that you could actually rely to go deep into games? But there also is that risk that he is 40 years old coming off all these injuries. So I think they're in a bit of a tough spot where it's like, Uh, Do they really have the bullpen and the offense to support him where they can get away with Verland just being like a five-inning guy? If he's only giving up two runs, that's good and all. But it's like, what are the other guys going to do after him? Are they going to keep it at those two runs? So it's going to be something interesting to monitor as the year goes on and how much they push him and how much they don't
0: yeah I think he looked fairly okay. I think it was just typically just like a first start of the year, and you know you just roll with it. He's coming off injury. He was obviously going to be on that limited pitch count, no matter what, even if he wanted to go distance. Buck wasn't gonna let him. It was kind of just like you know a given coming off of the coming off of the injured list. So I think that overall it definitely gave us a little bit more comfort into the starting rotation at least from the top end I, I mean. Verlander at your number 1. I guess he's like kind of in the number 2 spot cuz he's coming after Scherzer or whatever, but I mean, it definitely was a performance that we weren't we haven't really been used to so far this year. We haven't really seen something where a starting pitcher goes 5 innings to be honest. We've seen a lot of blowups in the 4th inning where they would have to go to long relief and this is basically what we paid Justin Verlander to do. I don't know how long this is actually going to hold up, to be honest, because, again, it's just the concern that he's 40 years old and the fact that this is what we were relying on of how abysmal our starting rotation was to start off the year before Verlander came off of the, the injured list. I mean, I just I don't like the method that they are taking to carry this team. And that's just the only thing where I get very... I get very, very frustrated because yes, we have Verlander, we have Scherzer, two of the greatest pitchers of all time. But after that, you still have tons of question marks that will come right after it. And I just don't think that there's much of a safety net. We talk about the depth all the time, but there just isn't really much of a safety net behind him. We need him to perform, and we need him to perform even better than we actually expected at this point because the Mets starting rotation, the Mets starting staff, all Mets starters this year have been abysmal overall.
1: He needs to step up because we've just seen so many poor outings from a lot of the other guys' rotation that again, when you pay this much money to one particular pitcher, and the best kind of thing to do is that like when you put so much into one part of one position that's spreading it out among that same position of starting pitching, uh, the guy needs to carry the rotation. So, I mean, that's what we want to see out of Scherzer. I mean, that's what we want to see out of Verlander. We know Scherzer has struggled a lot this year, so Verlander really has got to pick up the slack.
0: All I can say, and we'll get this a little bit more into Max Scherzer uh, in a second, but Overall, with what is going on with Verlander and Scherzer so far, I have never really. This is not the road that I really expected. I expected this to be a little bit more of an easier. This guy's going to be out here every five days. This guy is going to be actually reliable, and there's not going to be little spurts of drama coming out from the media or you know coming out of their mouth of making excuses or whatever and you know i've I've definitely gotten a little bit frustrated especially when you know that you're you are giving these guys a combined 86 million dollars this year and next year most likely now with verlander beginning the season on a relatively positive note his fellow ace max scherzer has definitely not been himself in his first five starts this season scherzer holds a 5.56 earn run average surrendering Six home runs striking out a career low 20.8% of batters and walking a career worst 10.4% of batters in 22.2 innings pitched the most recent blow up came in Detroit coming off of his 10 game suspension where Scherzer gave up six earned runs in 3.1 innings pitched. In regards to his substance suspensions, Scherzer's spin rates were also noticeably down, most notably including his curveball changeup and slider. Mets manager Buck Showalter commented that he has zero concern about Max going forward and the spin drop is just an outlier. Yeah,
1: I was very disappointed uh because number one, the team that they were facing. I mean, this is the Detroit Tigers who are absolutely awful. And if your guy who's getting paid this much can't pitch well against them, that's a big problem. And, you know, Scherzer, he was out for a little bit. It's not like the guy was out for three months, you know, so there should have been that much rust involved. And then Max Scherzer was like, oh, at least it, we got it out of the way. And now we don't have to talk about it. It's like, wait a minute. There's a lot to talk about. You were caught potentially cheating and now you're under a heavy microscope and now you can't perform with how much you're getting paid. That's not a a good thing to do. So like, because Scherzer said it's not a big deal, I'll give him one more start before I totally just unleash on him. But I mean, that is just the worst thing you want to see besides an injury coming off that suspension. It's just, I mean, uh, being so uncompetitive and against a team that is as poor as the Detroit Tigers. I mean, if you're struggling against them, what's going to happen when you're facing these tougher lineups, when you are facing the Braves again? We know Max struggled against them late in September. So uh, he, again, similar to Verlander, like these guys are just getting paid too much. Like you said earlier, they're too experienced, you know, Hall of Fame, all this other stuff. They are held in such a higher regard to such higher standards that there can't be excuses. You know, there, there can't be this. I mean, there's a, a lot of times this year so far we've seen Scherzer just not get it done this isn't the first time or the second time i mean this has just been a problem that we've been talking about for a while now and it just continues to go on and again it's only may i mean who knows when his oblique's gonna go out and as i've said a million times as you get older it just gets tougher i mean i, I Max max is not getting better like we've seen the best of max scherzer as a medal ray. that was last year it wasn't the greatest thing ever but he is not going to get better. I mean, that's just how it works when it comes to age. I mean, father time is undefeated. So he really needs to get his act together both on the field and off. the.
2: field. Yeah, uh, not the greatest look, obviously, coming off of the suspension and then all getting shelled by, like Frank said, one of the worst teams in baseball and the Tigers. So not the greatest look. And you could be like, well, it's not a big deal. We get it done. Well, now you have the microscope on you. As soon as you got pink, you know, getting the 10 games, You're going to have even more eyes, not just Mets fans, not all of baseball is going to be watching you now because they're going to think, hey, if he's been cheating or whatever, if he doesn't pitch well, you know, does that tarnish the legacy a little bit? Again, that's a different discussion. But, yeah, like Frank said, the best baseball is behind him. Do I think he can turn it around and be a productive pitcher again? Yeah. I think this season you will see a better version of Max Scherzer. When that's going to be, we'll see. But, I, you know, it's not a great look, again, especially, the again, like Frank said. There's $80 million in two 40-year-olds. You know, I don't think many good teams are doing that. I think uh, around baseball, pitching is younger, and they want, you know, guys with the 100 who are like 24s. But, you know, besides the point, they wanted to go with the Hall of Fame legacy instead of just, you know, developing pitching, which that's another discussion for another time. But yeah, it wasn't a great look, especially getting bombed right first game back. Again, like Frank, I'll give him another start before I like cutting his throat off and shipping him on the bus with Dan Vogelbach. But, again, wait, we'll wait and see. Uh, again, it's not a great look. Yeah, I'll give, you, I'll give him one more start. I'll give him a mulligan in a cold day. In, what was it? Uh, early May start. It shouldn't have been that. I don't think it was that cold in Detroit. But you've pitched in Detroit for how many years? So you can't even use that excuse of, hey, it's cold in Detroit. You pitched there for seven years. So you should be comfortable on that mound and pitching in that weather
0: at that time. Yeah, like I said with Verlander and also Scherzer, this shouldn't be as much of a headache considering the caliber of career that these guys have carried out for so long. And I feel like we're just getting that just shitty end of the stick with that, whether it is from Verlander being healthy or just Max Scherzer just opening his mouth. But um, I'm getting... I, I'm, he's starting to get on my nerves. I really, I'm not going to say he, Scherzer's definitely starting to get it on my nerves because I understand that he does speak for a lot of the players union and he st- speaks for a lot of that, but dude, you're pitching like absolute shit right now. And I'm hearing, you know, before, even before his sp- suspension was up, you're hearing this crap about him saying about the pitch clock and how which I do want to get your guys' opinion on that, but with the whole pitch clock and how he's saying that it's, it's going to possibly, you know, increase the possibility of injuries for older pitchers, he's talking about that. And, you know, the whole situation with the sunscreen and rosin and the sticky stuff. I mean, I just feel like this shouldn't have been as much of a headache to a guy that you give $43 million to. And for some reason... I don't trust this guy. I really don't trust him right now. And I I know I it's it's weird to say that because of how he's proven himself throughout this his career. My la- my last few memories of Max Scherzer as a Met were getting blown up for seven runs in a wild card game, getting suspended for sicky stuff, and him, you know, bitching about the pitch clock and him getting injured, and him having all these injury concerns. I'm not seeing the Max Scherzer, the selling point of Max Scherzer is he's a competitor. And he's, you know, he'll do anything to go out there and pitch. All I'm seeing right now is excuses. That's literally all I'm seeing.
1: I I think it's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Uh, He's talking about how, oh, well, guys could get hurt. I haven't seen it. You know, I mean, where where's his proof? He, he's telling me, oh, this is going to happen. Well, I don't see pitchers going down left or right. I don't see a bunch of aces that are down um, that normally are healthy. You know, we have your usual guys who are hurt or, or hurt again. But again, it's like you don't, you're not Taiwan Walker who can use a bunch of excuses. Like you're Max Scherzer. I mean, like you said, Cars, that, that's all we heard about was especially also the personality that he, he does. Uh, You know, we saw him pitched with the dead arm in Los Angeles that he's a guy that is ultra competitive. Don't want to talk to him. He's crazy. He's Mad Max. You know, he he has all these supporters about just the kind of competitor he is. But that kind of fierce guy would not make all these excuses that we're hearing. Uh, You know, that that seems like a guy to me who maybe doesn't want to face reality that he's getting old and it's not the same guy he used to be. And that's why he's making all these excuses, because, I mean, why else would he not just say, you know, I got to be better? I mean, you, you blame all this one stuff. You want to blame sweat. You want to blame pitch clocks. You want to blame, you know, suspensions. I mean, how, how many other things are we going to use here? You know, I mean, it's really just kind of ridiculous. And like you said, Carson, he's not been worth the money. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, the Mets took this uh, approach of, you know, high money to a select few guys that are spreading the wealth. It has not worked out for them so far. I mean, because you could just see that, It's a team that lacks a lot of depth, I mean, especially in the rotation. You gave so much to the top two, you got nothing on the bottom half, and when these top two are always hurt, you really got nothing. So um, it's an approach that they keep going back to it, and it it hasn't done them wonders yet. So uh, I'm just very uh, disappointed, and it's just very frustrating overall to watch because, like I said before, I don't really see it getting better. If anything, I see it getting worse. I mean, when's his IL stint? When's that coming up? Because I, I feel like his obliques and everything is just a ticking time bomb at this point, especially if he feels like he doesn't feel confident in his body, that he feels like, oh, because of this pitch clock, I'm going to get hurt. Th- that's like, oh, you're going to get hurt that way. That that will happen. If you say, I'm going to get hurt, you will. I mean, that's just how it works. So. Uh, it's just very frustrating and just overall disappointing because again, we hold him to such higher standards than what we've been getting and what we're hearing from him.
0: I, I mean, just so far, I've just, I've kind of just felt tricked.
1: Like that's, yeah, that, that's definitely.
0: how I've really just felt tricked, like, especially with the amount of money that they've given to him. And, and no, it's probably, it's probably going to, it's probably going to sound somewhat harsh of where, you know, him not being worth the money. He did have a great season last year. But again, I'm going to say this again. Did he come through when we needed him to? When 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 we needed him to win, did he come through when we needed him? He didn't. He didn't come through. So at the end of the day, that's what you give the money to. Him to perform in the playoffs. Him to perform when we need him to. We need him to perform right now because the starting pitching has been so shit.
1: And the team's under 500. The team's under 500, too. I mean, come on. How did the team with the highest payroll in the sport be under 500? I mean, come on. And, and, you're, and you're the leader of the payroll. You know what I mean? Like, you're one of the main reasons why they are the highest payroll. So uh, you got to step up. Sh- you know what? Shut up and step up. That, that's how it's got to be. Yeah.
0: At, at the end of the day, I just, I, I feel I'm a little, I, I'm a little annoyed. I really am a little annoyed. I and mean, I mean, listen, winning heals all. Hopefully we start winning again and that, that'll heal all and it'll zip everybody up. But right now this looks really bad. Like his, ex- his argument could be. Could be valid,
2: but it's not. This is not the time to be bringing this shit up. Like Frank said, it could. You're using it as an excuse for a younger guy who's throwing consistently, one hundred two, one hundred three, speeding him up, making him throw. You know that can be an argument, but right now is not the time for him to be bringing up because he's not that. He's not throwing a hundred, and like Frank said, he's he's grasping for an excuse. Again, we we are a month into the pitch clock. We're to, we're not going to see the results of this for a few months. So again. He's using it he's trying to find a crutch to make him maybe feel better. Make himself feel better. But again, it's not the time. Again, I get he is the face of the MLBPA, so he wants to help, you know, defend the players, but right now is not the time to be like, "Well, you know, something that we approved, you know, we now it doesn't look good." So, again, timing not great. Will he potentially have an argument? Again, we're not going to see those results a couple months in and once we get some, you know, consistent with the pitch clock. We're only a month in. Are, you know, are pitchers still gonna bitch and complain? Yes, but again, it's just not the time to be bringing that up.
0: I'm I'm just getting at my wits end right now. It's just, you know, it, it's just all, it all sucks right now. Like just being a Mets fan right now, just watching this team, it's not fun. It really isn't fun. When your leaders at the top just don't look good, it's just, it goes throughout the entire organization. And you know, he can make as many speeches as he wants about things that are wrong for the game and things that are right for the game, but I can tell you right now, I'm answer to him would be, Max, you're making $43 million. Suck it up. Now, as the Mets offense continues to struggle, one of the biggest weak links so far has been Starling Marte. Throughout the first month of the season, Marte is slashing 213, 292, 278, with a 68 WRC plus in 121 plate appearances. His defense has also taken a dip with a negative 2, Outs above average in right field and accumulating a negative 1.5 defensive runs per positional adjustment. Manager Buck Showalter has expressed interest in moving Marte down in the lineup, but it does create a challenge when it comes to balancing out the rest of the lineup.
1: It's been uh, tough for me to watch as a huge stalling Marte fan to see him just looking not like himself in every aspect of the game whether it's hitting in the field, on the bases, just not getting the job done. And what's so weird to me is that he started off the year pretty well. I mean, come April 15th, he was still, you know, at 277. He was doing his thing. He was my stud of the week a couple times and what have you. And then once the middle of April hit, he's just been on a decline. And it's just been an avalanche of just – bad game after bad game after bad game and he, he's striking out a lot more than usual he just doesn't look like himself overall and part of me hopes and doesn't hope that he's injured because i'm like what's going on with this guy he just looks off so if he's hurt then at least you know maybe you could fix him but he's another guy who unfortunately he's a great player but He's up there in age as well. You know, the guy is 34. Uh, he'll be 35 by the time the year is over. His it, birthday's uh, early October, if the Mets even get that far. So he's a guy that, you know, again, once you hit that 35 threshold, you know you're on the decline. Uh, we knew that was going to be part of the contract. We assigned him to the four-year deal in his mid-30s. You knew that the best years were going to be the first two, and then you were going to have to move him around. Uh, we thought he was going to be in center, then move to right field. He never even got to center. He just went straight to right Uh, I wonder if maybe he goes from right field to DH. And I feel like it took too long for him to get a day off. I would say he finally got the day off on Sunday. Uh, I think it was long overdue. Uh, A guy at at that age who's been struggling that much. But the Mets are not in a position where it's like when you give Marte a day off, who's the guy that comes in for you? Luis Armand. So Jeff McNeil moves to right field. So it's just like, okay, you could rest Marte, but does that make your team better? by having Luis Guillorme playing, who's just another guy who, like everybody else on his team, is a one-base player, a one-dimensional player. He'll give you a walk or a single. That's about it. He's not going to move on the bases. I mean, Marte is a guy when, at his best, he's actually different than a lot of these other guys that I'm complaining about. The Canna, uh, the Guillorme, the Vogelback, the Nito. You know, so many of these guys that just are, you know, even McNeil, one-base players. Marte, when he's at his best... He's using all fields, extra base hits, stealing bases, going first to third, second to home. Like, he's just making things happen, which is what this team needs right now. They need somebody that is explosive, that can do more than just go one base at a time, that isn't looking to draw walks, a guy that wants to swing the bat. Like, that's why Marte in that two hole, when he's going, it's huge for this team. And when Alonso's struggling, and now Marte is not looking like himself, you see the results. This team can't score. So uh, they've got to get it going. If that means he needs to rest a couple more days. uh, I I wish that the Mets in recent memory have never been transparent when it comes to player health. So I feel like even if there was something going on, nobody would tell us. So that's uh, because he's just been a guy who, you know, we know he had the core and then the, uh, the groin and the other groin and the hand by the time it was all said and done and he had the off season surgery and he started spring training late. He's just a guy that, He's been injury prone late in his career that you just never know. He, it feels like he's no one of those guys where you feel like at any point uh, something could go wrong in that lower half and then you won't see him for a little bit of time. So I hope he's okay, but I also just want to know why, like what happened to where all of a sudden this guy is just so far off in every aspect of his game and it's just a, a big concern right now because he is so important to this team's offensive success.
2: Most of the time, he's coming up in just uncompetitive abs. Again, wipe out sliders, swinging goodbye, three pitches, whatever. And he's not even, like, fastballs in, he usually turns on those. Not doing that. We always said the ground ball problem has always been the issue, and having him in the two spot is a concern with Nemo walking and then boom, double play, and then you kind of can kill the rally. But like Frank said, when he is hot, those opportunities, hey – can be first and third with a you know. When he's hot, it does can produce some rallies. With Marte, it is again his age age thirty seven, like you said. Four year deal. We were going to talk about the last two he's years. Thirty four.
1: Wait, what? He's 34. thirty He's thirty four. Oh, Okay. <laughs> if he was 37. 37. <laughs> if so seven. On. on the he's playing like he's
2: thirty seven. Yeah, I'm tacking on the <laughs> Mets years because you know you always when you play for the Mets, <laughs> you're that's that's t- a fair. few more years that's than fair. what you actually are. But this was, again, the concern we had, and I the outfield class, again, I don't want to jump to conclusion of the outfield in the offseason, but I was going to propose that Sonny Marte needs to be the Tommy Famerol next year, if he needs to be kind of that fourth outfield, You can utilize him with the DH. They need to bring in two quality corner outfielders. Will they? That's another story. But, yeah, it's just nothing. And even the defensively, and that was the one thing you could have banked on. Is last last year you were pretty when the ball was at the Marte you're pretty confident the ball obviously gonna get caught he's just dropping routine pop ups now you've seen two in Miami down the right field line you think Marte's got it lined up nope drops it so like that's the concerning part is the outfield just regression of of Marte obviously the bat we'll see maybe it bounces back and they'll be he'll get hot you know God knows when that's gonna be but will he get have a stretch where he goes nuts yes. But again, you're having 34-year-old outfielder in right. You got a 34-year-old outfielder older in left. Nemo is the only young guy 20. He's got 30 now. Again, the problem,
0: maybe if you're going to build a team, don't build a team closer to 50 than 20. The first two weeks, I'd say, Starling Marte looked fine. Um, and one thing that I said that I really liked about it is that he was definitely pulling the ball. And where did that go? What happened? This, now this guy's just trying to slap shit to opposite field? No, we don't do that anymore. End of story. Now he looks like shit. Go figure. Yeah, the defense is definitely a major concern, especially when it was one of the biggest factors in Detroit for why uh, that game completely unfolded. But, you know, Buck saying that, you know, if he wasn't going to catch it, nobody was going to catch it. I kind of think that's bullshit, but whatever. Yeah, no, he's looked absolutely terrible. Please, if he is not hurt, take him out of the two spot right now please take him out of the two spot right now cuz the next guy that we're going to actually talk about in the next segment that's the guy who should be batting second P- take him out of the two spot i know we talk about your best hitter being at the two spot i don't i never thought that he was the best hitter in this t- on this team i think that's just buck being the old fashioned guy of oh your best player bats bats third and your best power hitter bats cleanup foe i don't know where i got a list from but but no no he looks like absolute shit. and i'm gonna tell you right now with nimmo getting on base it's just basically just the full-on idea of just you know this is just going to be an automatic double play hopefully he can pick it back up but yeah he he looks like a completely different player than he did last year and you know this was my main concern of just his health and that was the only problem with giving him the hard four years he's a great player but he needs to be moved down in this lineup if you keep batting this guy second. I mean, it, it's just, it's just going to continue to look bad and we need production out of the top half of the lineup because of how lackluster the bottom half has been last year and still this year. So at this point, please move him down in the lineup. He does not belong in the two hole. He has not earned the two hole this year. I I, I hope he's hurt. I don't want to see this being Starling Marte from now on. I really hope he is hurt, and I hope we do get an IL stint where we can just completely clear this all up. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he started off April last year pretty slow, but it wasn't really that noticeable. This is extremely noticeable, when most of his game gets completely knocked down. We talk about his speed. Overall, as a player, he looks like a completely different player. He looks so bad. And I'm really hoping that there's a reason for that. And this isn't just the Starling Marte that we get this year and for the next two years in the back end of this contract, because this is looking really, really scary, especially compared to the Starling Marte that we got last year. So without a doubt, the Mets' biggest bright spot as of recent has been their number two overall prospect, Brett Beatty, since becoming the Mets everyday third baseman in the last few weeks, the 23 year old is slashing 294, 357, 471 with a 133 WRC plus smashing two homers, seven extra base hits in 56 plate appearances so far. In 2023. In a projected sample size, Beatty also currently sits in the top 10% in average exit velocity, max exit velocity, barrel rate, and hard hit rate among all of the MLB.
2: Video in 2019 that he was ready for the big leagues. Now look, he's ready for the big leagues. And is actually again, the been the best hitter for the mess of the last four weeks, it seems like. And we're getting actual big league ABs taking pitches. Some of the and the umpiring. Reminding me a little bit of what happened with J-Rod last year, where Brett's taking pitches off the corner at the balls, and the umpires are like, nope, they're going to ring him up on the bullshit about two inches outside. He's getting calls against. He's taking pitches. He's drawing his walks. And everything this man hits is a fucking missile. It don't matter if he's pulling it, if he's going to center, if it's going to left. Everything this man does and hits is 100 or higher. And hitting bombs lefty-lefty against, you know, the Braves guy. Oh, he's only given up two overs against the lefty in his entire career. That was Kyle Shoreman. I think Yordan was the other ones. Add Brett Beatty to that list, hitting guys, hitting a lefty and hitting it. Not just, oh, he pokes one out of here. Hits one of the freaking Shea Bridge about 195 miles an hour. Like, it's just pure piss missiles. And what was the biggest concern with Brett? Oh, it's the defense. Oh, he's a klutz. He's Alec Boehm. But then you just take a little little look at his baseball savant page. He's in the 83rd percentile in outs OAA. That was supposed to, he's supposed to be Alec Boehm defensively. Hmm, hmm, that's great to see. You know what, if you've watched the show, you know I'm going to say, you know, it's my guy. So, and I like just seeing, this is what he is. Opposite field doubles, pulling homers, do it all. This is what he is. He's going to hit extra base hits, and if the defense comes he can be that legit third baseman. Can he be David Wright? No, probably not. But can he be a major league top 10 third baseman? Yeah, damn right he can. So, again, the defense is, you know, both prospects has taken major jumps that more than I thought we could see. The bats with one is MLB ready, and the one that was not big league ready, you're seeing those results. So, with Brett, it's great to see. Put, like, you're going to
0: go to something.
2: Move this man. Put him in the freaking three spot. Oh, who said that? At this point, put him in front of Alonzo.
0: Two, kind nah. a second. Nah. you need a mix. You need a mix of power and contact. Back to back and lefties. You got
2: too you many two. lefties. You can't go Nemo. You can't Your best to- hitter hits you- second. You can't put both of my kids Big. back to back. That's too many. You can't put too many lefties because then the bullpen they'll bring a lefty. Even though Brett, hits no new one lefties.
0: cares. You're not hitting anyway. No one's hitting anyway. Who gives a shit?
1: I just love the exit. I mean, they needed it. Uh, I I love the 114s because we know that a majority of these guys are not giving us any exit velocity. I mean, it's a lot of just little dupes, uh, dinks and dunks and, you know, paper cutters and whatever other things they want to call it. Uh, No one hitting the ball hard. So it's a welcome change uh, to see some youth hitting the ball hard because... That's what they need. I mean, they need more power. They need more extra base hits. We've been saying it. It's not going to come from Escobar. It's not going to come from the catchers, from McNeil, Guillaume, Canna. I mean, most of the lineup is not going to give it to you. So you need somebody else to do it. Uh, I'm glad that Brett's doing it. He's getting those RBIs, which I like to see. Uh, and still, just the fact that he's so young. I mean, that's the good part about it. And that he is. Uh, he's got the good WRC plus. Got the good batting average. So all the things you want to see. Uh, you know, we've got it. And, and just the fact that he's homegrown, he's so young, in a position the Mets really need at third base, awesome. So, I mean, uh, hopefully he keeps it up. But the rest of the team needs to help him out. I mean, he, he can only do so much. He's not hitting enough home runs to uh, be the savior. He, so th- they need to help him out a little bit, uh, especially the guys in the bottom half of the order. So I'm glad that he's producing and that he's been a, a plus to the lineup. We knew he would be. I was pretty much overdue. We, we had been saying it before he even got called up. He, it was time to do it, and it's definitely paid off, and I'm glad that he's starting to get a little more consistent playing time instead of that, you know, play once every three games. Start to get that playing time up a little bit, I batted behind Pete Alonso on Sunday. So uh, I, I guess slowly but surely he's, he's earning, you know, more trust, more confidence from the manager. So that's big uh, because we know when it comes to young talent at Buck Showalter, it's not always like this, you know, you really got to earn it. So uh, he's done everything he could. Uh, He did it in spring training in the minor leagues. He put up these great numbers that were hard to ignore and overlook. So he's done the same thing in Major League Baseball and uh, everyone in the Mets organization has had to acknowledge him.
0: Me and Andrew, we talked about this since opening day. He made the roster on opening day he got the third base job in spring training the fact that we have you know we've kind of just swam through a lot of stages of crap to get here in just one one month it's it's ridiculous they have to let the kid play and they're letting the kid play he's getting everyday reps now and this is our third baseman he just got his he just won the job he's our third baseman right here remember in the offseason the
2: mets were going to give some big ass contract to some third baseman that was supposed to be this generational defender and
0: still would have done it.
2: Still would have done it, yeah. You know who has a higher OAA, more homers, or more let me say, better batting average, higher OPS, higher WRC plus? Brett Beatty is clear Carlos Correa in all those categories.
0: I still would have signed Carlos.
2: I'm not saying you could have moved him to DH, but you know. I'm just saying, everyone killed Brett Beatty. Like, oh
0: Brett Beatty Shocks, we got E. C. D Carlos to Correa. Just show you him. Take that money. And let's go to somewhere else. He's gotten about 60 plate appearances. No. Carlos Correa is a proven winner. So is I'm not going to he? do he's that. He's a cheat- comparison No, he's a cheater. Yet. No, it's like Carlos Beltran. He's a cheater. Is he yeah. A and so winner? is Max Scherzer. And you gave him $43 million and only gave 40 million to, to Jacob deGrom. So suck it. I guess we're going to play this probably like after every month, maybe every two months, something like that. But that brings us to the lineup card. We've played this before. Frank and Andrew go back and forth picking through nine different topics some relate to the current mets some are all-time mets some are just flat out stupid andrew or frank will give their answer we'll give our rebuttals if need be on every certain topic you may recognize this game from sny's baseball night in new york but this one does not include nasally voice of andy martino that sounds like a goat getting pistol fucked so frank it's your board number two
1: since we talked about the two holes so much most disappointing met
0: throughout the month of april
1: i'd probably say Lindor. Um, because I, I felt like uh, we thought he turned the corner last year uh, when he had a, the really solid year after how much criticism and debating we did over the first year uh, in his Mets career and about how disappointing that was. Uh, like Andrew said earlier, I think we've seen more of that than last year's Lindor. Yes, he was pulling the ball more, but again, just uh, not the quality ABs, heavy on the strikeouts, uh, not – just very off balance a lot with the swings, just not being the, the pure player they can. Defense looks great as always, but um, definitely was hoping for a little bit more because he's batting third. Uh, again, it's just like he's another guy, similar like we said with Scherzer and Verlander, who's just getting paid so much more, especially in relation to the other position players, that I just need more offense from him on a consistent basis. So I just think that, you know, contract expectations – Uh, All that stuff, he's been my biggest disappointment from April.
2: No, I I think it has to be, again, financially. And then, again, he's supposed to be one of the poster boys of this offense. And, again, you're seeing more of that 2019 than you did in the 2019 Lindor, than the 2020 Lindor, than the guy we saw last year. So, again, he he needs to be an aircraft carrier, as they say on SNY. Oh, uh, he has not been
0: that this year. My clear answer would probably just be Scherzer, because I just I expect more from him. Just end of story. I mean, we already talked about it. I just expect more from Scherzer. He's really he's starting to get on my nerves, as I've as I've already said. Andrew, you're bored. Let's go with the cleanup spot. Which one was the more impressive National League batting title? Jose Reyes or Jeff McNeil? <laughs> All
2: right. Um, this should be good. The guy that just you know what? I'll give the squirrel credit for once. I'll go with the squirrel because, one, he played the last le- Well, he didn't play the last game. But he had to chase down Freddie Freeman. And, like, Reyes didn't really have anybody down his throat or had to jump somebody. He had to chase down. Who? Who?
0: Ryan Braun. Oh, shut Matt up. Kemp. Shut up. Shut perennial up. MVP <laughs> candidates. <laughs>
2: I I give Jeffrey a lot of lot of grief, not because I don't like him, because he's frank about sports favorite players. So I have to give him shit. But I will give him I'll give him some flowers here. He won He stole it from Freddie Freeman in a month of September. So I'll go with the more impressive with Jeff McNeil because he didn't bunt and we don't bunt in 2022. So fuck bunt.
0: You want to give any credit to Reyes, Frank, or no? You just
1: no no because <laughs> I I think like um I just said with Jeff, he what won- when we. Guy in September, he wasn't really that much in the race. I mean, it was Paul Goldschmidt. It was Freddie Freeman. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt was on a Triple Crown Chase at one point. So it really looked like it was between the two of them. And then McNeil just had an insane September to really just kind of steal it from both of them and pull it off. And, you know, in, in big games for the Mets. I mean, it wasn't so much so like a typical Mets year. We had a great September, but the team sucked and it didn't matter. I mean, McNeil played really well and they need him to um, for them to actually get into the postseason. So uh, obviously I, I, I'm biased, but I still think that, you know, again, that year where Rays bunted it out, like Andrew said, it, it didn't mean anything. You know, uh, the mess stuck that year. So, and then he just left and once in Miami. So it just, the whole thing about it, just what happened afterwards, it just leaves a bad taste.
0: He did come back though. So, I mean, oh, it makes yeah. it a little bit better, I guess. Um, I mean, I also can say that Um, I mean, Reyes is just a more exciting player overall to me. But, I mean, Jeff McNeil, compared to what Reyes did in that 2011 season to what he did to what McNeil did, I mean, McNeil was a little bit more healthier as well. Uh, I do remember, um, you know, Reyes having quite a few IL stints or DL stints or whatever they called it back then. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you pick Jeff McNeil, you're just a straight-up racist. Frank? You're bored?
1: All right. Uh let's do five.
0: One met that you have trashed before the season that you would like to apologize to.
1: I hate everybody, so I, I don't I don't have any I don't apologize for anything. Um, would you like an answer for Andrew?
0: You have a few you want to put out?
2: There? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you shit on Beatty so much. You called him just a white guy, just a generic tall white dude. You owe him a you owe know him an apology. Um uh, I mean, runs you owe Francisco Alvarez an apology because you put too much pressure on the kid. and then look what happened. This is your fault because you were dreaming about him too much. You put too much pressure on him and then look what you did. Oh, no, Brandon Nemo because you did shit on Brandon Nemo. I remember you were talking some shit. Oh, he got paid. He needs to... Nemo, yeah. A little bit of apology. Where's
0: the power though? It's coming. It's in the mail. He doesn't need He doesn't need to be a power hitter because he's the leadoff hitter. Right. He's leading off the whole
1: team is the leadoff hitter. I mean if he's getting Yeah, exactly. So So get rid of some of them.
0: Omar Narvaez gave your boy a gave your boy a a roster spot.
1: Yeah. What a great seat warm
2: for a week. And he's sitting on his defense. Now he's literally the greatest defensive center fielder in Pink. I
1: saw a blue fall right in front Uh, of him. How many more diving plays once? He's
0: playing a better right field than Marte right now, and he's not even playing right field.
2: When do we start saying the apologies for Drew Smith? Because he's good in April again. When do we when do we make that apology video?
0: I I didn't even want to mention that to be honest. I didn't even want to mention that. I'm just let I'm letting him play it out. Just just have fun. You're bored.
2: You know what? Let's go with the spot. Daniel Vogelbach should be hitting the nine spot.
0: Speaking of, remodel the Mets batting order because it ain't working right now. Can I call people up and send people to Korea? Um, no, because young people are not allowed here.
2: Young people are not allowed. So if I'm stuck with the fat old decrepit lineup I got with one kid. Uh, let's go Nemo, Brett, Peter, I guess Jeffrey.
0: Cleanup spot?
2: Who else you got? If you're not letting me nuke Lindor? players. Lindor's, uh, no, Lindor in the five, so I'm dropping Lindor a little. He's got he's to be moved down. He can't be in that upper third. And maybe if he gets hot in the lower third, that might actually help the bottom of the lineup. Not just super stack. Uh, I know eight and nine is going to be Marte and Vogelbach. I would make Marte at eight, Vogelbach nine, and then I guess Canas, Cana, and then Alvarez, because Nito can just go to the dugout and talk to
1: the players get give them high fives. So I guess I'll take the top of the order, number one.
0: A player in AAA Syracuse that the Mets should call up right now. Just one. If you want to pick between the top two prospects,
1: you can, or you can put somebody else. It's like, part of me wants to save Vientos, but it's like... He already played in the major leagues, you know what I mean? And it's like he wasn't great. I mean, he he looked better now in spring training because he got more seasoning. But I don't know. I kind of just want to call him Marusio. And you know why? I love the switch hitter. I've always said it. I love the switch hitter. I think this team needs a little more balance uh, because there are times where, like, they will bat four lefties in a row against guys who can't face a lefty. So I wouldn't mind having another switch hitter in this lineup and a guy that could do some more things. Uh, So, you know what? Why not Marusio?
0: So the switch-hitting thing did fantastic when we brought in Eduardo Escobar. Drew Smith
2: needs to get the hell out of here, and Tommy Hunter and Jimmy Akabona. It's time to call up Grant Hartwig. Get him up here. Like, get, get That's him. That's my here. answer. Like, I get it. It's a reliever. It's not. It's 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 not. Again, the sexy move with the bullpen arm. But with Bryce dead, Stephen Wright dead. Like, there's nobody. Like, we like Brigham, but Brigham's pitching the big leagues. There's only a couple of minor league arms that are ready that could be ready for the big leagues left in Syracuse or in Binghamton. And Hartwig's one of them. And I just don't need to see Tommy Hunter's tub tub ass need to pitch again. So get me Grant in those low leverage opportunities because he has the upside to potentially be a high leverage arm. And he's twenty six. He can't be much he can't need more seasoning. That's a seasoned boy in the minor leagues. It's time to get him up here. I'll take the seventh spot.
0: Well, even though he did get transferred to the 60-day IL, this is a buy or sell. Francisco Alvarez should be sent down to AAA when Omar Narvaez returns from the injured list.
2: Sell because it's the other catcher that needs to die. Because at least Francisco... I mean, yes, Francisco Alvarez is giving ABs of a 21-year-old the big leagues. Yeah. But he's actually giving you elite defense. Unlike the other guy that was paid and bought a... The guy they buy out his arbitration years of that's they the didn't guys.
0: extend him. Yeah, they, no, they didn't extend him.
2: <laughs> they bought him out. They bought out his extension. Years. If I hear goddamn one more person, they be like, "Oh, they extended it. They bought out his beers to keep it at 1.5 or whatever the hell change it was. But by the time it – and it does – you can keep the lefty-righty platoon of keeping Narvaez. And, again, Narvaez isn't going to be back till June. Alvarez is getting better and better swings lately. He's going to get on a heater. And you saw this in the minor leagues. Every time he jumped a level – it took him about a month, month and a half. Once he got going, he got going, and he's seeing better and better swings. You're seeing better and better contact. So it's a sell. Tomas Anito needs to be sent to Robyda Island. I
0: already know what Frank's answer is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm <laughs> not gonna,
1: I'm not gonna surprise you here. I, I will never be in favor of Pro Navas and, and not Alvarez. Uh, and, and like Andrew said, I like that Alvarez. He's looking a little better, you know, as you know, this past week has gone on. Uh, He does he's not as much, you know, strikeouts and just swinging that just absolute craziness pitch after pitch after pitch in the same at bat and not adjusting. So, uh, like Andrew said, he he does have to go through those adjustment periods for every level. And I think that, again, the only way he's going to develop is with those reps. So I think just sending him to the minors and calling him back up and sending him down, I I just don't think you'll get results that way. Let him keep playing Uh, if they want to platoon them. okay, but. Uh, like we said, that's when or if Narvaez does come back. So, I mean, we could probably talk about that more when it actually happens. Because right now, it's like, w- once you go on the 60-day, yikes. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't know when you're going to see that guy play.
0: I think it was more of a, just a roster spot situation. But we got three, six, and eight left. Frank, it's yours.
1: Go I'll take
0: a confidence level in Edwin Diaz returning this season. We saw that he accepted his reliever of the year award without any crutches. He Said that he might throw this year one to 10, I guess.
1: I'll give it a two. Uh, I feel like with the way they're playing right now, he should not pitch this year. I don't think it's worth it, but I feel like just knowing the Mets, they, uh, I mean, this is a, a bad reasoning, but uh, they haven't proven me wrong yet. They just do dumb stuff. I I can see the Mets being out of it and still just having to pitch like one game or two games, and that's it. Because, I mean, they've done in the past, like with Syndergaard, he did that one year when they were totally out of it. He pitched like a couple days. I I can see them doing something like that. And just for him to prove that, like, he was able to come back this year when people didn't think he could, I feel like I could see that as well. So especially because the fact that he said he thinks he's going to come back. Um, So I'll put it at a two. I don't think it should happen, but I feel like, f- for dumb reasoning, it will happen.
2: And I think because of that dumb reason, because it's the Mets, I do think he's going to pitch this year. I think if again, you know, I don't even think it matters if they're in the race. If they're in the race and they're you know they get their shit together and they're locked in after the All Star break, there is go. I will put good money that you're going to see Edwin Diaz pitch in potentially a playoff game if they do. If they dare even make it there. But if, let's say, they continue to be mediocre, which I don't think they can be, they will get better eventually. Because, you know, everybody, they're doing the World Series arc of the National League East. All the National League East teams that suck in the first month, then they go hot and they win the World Series. So we're just doing that arc, guys. Be positive. But if there is some chance that the Mets are going to make the playoffs, and we still expect that's the expectation, and they get hot and get back to form, I do think you're going to see Edwin Diaz pitch in September, if not October. Because again, they, he got injured what? The second week of March? That was round one game, of the last round one game, round one game. I I would say again, if they're in the race, I definitely think it. If not, I think kind of the Frank Center pass. This is gonna be another Cinder guard. Hey, make it out, there you go. So we, got, we can blast the Narcos at least one time this year. The only, only, like, we got five more years of narco. Good. I guess I'll go three.
0: One Met you believe could solve a Rubik's Cube.
2: <laughs> Who else hell's intelligent on this, dude? I mean, the dumbass. Um, <laughs> Buck your Walter, because he's good at rules. I'll go Buck. I, I don't think there's a player on that roster that can, uh, can solve I mean, also, cube.
0: Rubik's Cubes, I mean, they could also be loners. Like, Drew Smith probably could be good at it, you know? Like, he's a loner. You know, he's kind of a My weirdo.
1: more Canna. I feel like he's kind of weird, and I feel like you need to be kind of weird.
0: Last one being number six, how to utilize Ronnie Mauricio at the major league level.
1: At first, I didn't think this would be the way to go, but based on what's been happening right now, I actually would move McNeely outfield, whether that is left or right, and put Ronnie at second. Uh, I just think that uh, the lack of production in the outfield has been so glaring, whether it is Canna or Fam, or right now Marte that you put Jeff McNeil in the outfit full time, just because the offense is so sorely needed right now, you need Marusio's back in the lab somehow, some way. Uh, or even if you want to just straight up say you're the DH, and again, just get rid of back. I'm good with that too. Uh, I, I think either way is, is just a way to get him in the lineup, uh, no matter what. And I, I think that's what they need, because uh, they, they need something in this lineup, something different, something somebody with power. And Ronnie, I mean, we've seen in spring training, he was hitting no doubters. You know, I mean, it wasn't just like these little wall scripts. I mean, he was really hitting the ball hard. And like I said before, that's what this team needs. They need more exit velo. So that's what I would do.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, McNeil moving to the outfield and being left full-time, making Canna kind of a utility piece to be a, you know, play a platoon, a a random platoon in a DH spot and right field with Marte could be a discussion. I mean, he's not playing third. He's obviously not going to play short. And I'm not experimenting with the outfield in the big leagues. So it has to be kind of second base or DH. I'm good either way. I think just kind of letting him be the DH is easier for him because you could just say, hey, just hit. But I don't think the Mets want to do that. But I think that might be the easiest and safer route for a kid to just come up and say, hey, don't worry about defense. Just trying to learn. Try to hit the big leagues. So I think definitely, again, that would be DFAing Wolbach or anybody else in this fat roster to get the hell out of here. But, again, that's a wait-and-see kind of approach.
0: I don't think there's a single official DH on this team, to be honest. Like, a DH is somebody that actually can hit the ball out of the ballpark, in my opinion. So, I mean, I would just flip-flop him between second base and, and DH. Because, like, you might as well, we talk about this versatility all the time, you know, Mark Canna can play two every three days or whatever. At this point, you know, I understand Jeff McNeil is so fucking valuable to a team in 1982, but eventually they're going to have to call up Ronnie Mauricio, but I think that Vientos gets called up first. Now everybody's favorite segment, studs and duds. Someone in the past week, two weeks at least, because we skipped last week, That has played great and has played like shit. We'll start with Studs. Andrew, I think I know yours. You can keep it simple.
1: It's obviously the generational talent that is Meredith Beatty. God, I guess give me Sanga. He's the one guy that, like, Ellie's isn't totally, totally getting bombed. He's walking more barriers than I'd like to. But as long as you put the zeros on the board, that's what I care about the most. Uh, We got six innings, uh, and they needed that. They need him to literally give up zero runs. So there's only scored one run to win a single game, so uh, he wasn't great. But everybody else was just so bad. And not to pick the same person. Same.
0: I think I'm probably just going to echo Andrew here because there's there's the limited pickings here. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Beatty because I think I think I think it's you can say it twice. I really think you could say it. twice. Speaking of not amazing, who are the duds? There's tons to pick. From.
2: Francisco Lindor is yeah, that just. That was the dark throw. Take a pick.
1: So my dud is Denny Reyes. First of all, the guy should never make a start for this team to begin with that's the first problem so really the dud should be billy epler for not getting rotation depth when we said it every single week throughout the entire offseason. and denny Reyes already had to make a start on may 1st against the atlanta braves and isn't this something that i said a million times during the off season? we don't want some no names making starts against the braves because those are really important games and sure enough by may 1st we already have it happen and the guy only got one inning completely destroyed the mets i mean the Mets actually scored eight runs in that game but still couldn't win because he gave up five runs and he couldn't get out of it. So you had to tire out a lot of your bullpen, a lot of your long men, Curtis, Negosek, Hunter, Brigham, everyone had to go multiple innings. So, I mean, you just totally tired out your bullpen because you don't have depth, you don't have reliable major league arms that you could use when all these old guys are hurt. So, I mean, really, it should be Billy Epler. Uh, I I feel bad for Denny Rays. He never should have been in this spot to begin with but you're there, so you gotta perform. He didn't perform, so he's...
0: I got to see that game live. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, game score of nine? Fantastic. God, there's so many fucking guys to choose from, but I'll, I'll go with the obvious. I mean, Starling Marte has just been so bad, and I, I he looks like just like absolute crap right now and i'm really hoping that he there is nothing wrong with him but i'm also hoping that there is something wrong with him so they can address it so now that brings us to the questions that you guys sent to us if you guys want to ask us a question make sure to click the link in the description fill out your name and your mets related question and it could be featured in the next episode of the mets weekly podcast today's question comes from Beatty to alvarez who do you trust more jose budo or david peterson dear lord the piss versus shit lineup, folks.
2: Uh, Since I have to keep my gimmick going, I'll still take Jose Budo over David Peterson every day of the week. I, I, I like his changeup more than I like David Peterson's slider. I also take the butt dog. Changeups.
1: <laughs> I know Peterson has not been good this year, but you will never convince me that Jose Budo should be making quality starts for you. I mean, this guy, he's just a walking disaster every time. He, he's a guy that, like, he, he'll have a good game, but he'll be very single. Like, will walk like, And
0: David five Peterson guys. isn't a walking disaster.
1: Well, no, at I mean, least Pearson can like pitch six innings and like have a good game. I mean, Budo. What faced...
0: is Peterson are we talking about? Yeah, Andrew? what, 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 about what David year, Peterson
1: are you watching? I'm saying last year, if you give me Peterson from last year, I mean nothing.
0: Happened. The that, fake yeah, one. That guy. The fake one.
1: The fake one. I'll take him because I mean Budo's faced Oakland, Washington, Detroit. And every time it's like he has to walk a ton of guys. And then if he faces a decent team, it's a home run derby. So uh, I just – I can't. I, I really can't. He has nothing that, like, jumps off the – map to me. I'm like, wow, that was good. Like, everything map just sucks. Pedestrian. Pedestrian.
0: That brings us to your rapid-fire stories. The Mets signed right-handed pitcher Dominic Leone to a $1.5 million major league contract. Leone is 31 years old and has also pitched two scoreless innings in relief all right for the Mets. The Mets transferred Omar Narvaez to the 60-day IL as the corresponding move. The Mets have optioned David Peterson to AAA. The struggling 27-year-old lefty has posted a earned run average in 30.2 innings pitched so far this season and hopes to get back on track in Syracuse. Mets manager Buck Showalter explained that Carlos Carrasco certainly is not doing great regarding his rehab and it might take two or more rehab starts if he gets pushed back even more. The 36-year-old veteran was placed on the injured list with a bone spur in his elbow after being placed on the 15-day injured list with elbow inflammation left-handed pitcher brooks raley reportedly has no ligament concern and the mets expect him to be healthy as soon as he's eligible to be activated On Saturday, former Mets pitcher Matt Harvey has retired from baseball at the age of 34. Harvey spent 2012 to 2018 with the Mets as their first round pick back in 2010. Throughout its ups and downs, the short-lived reign of the Dark Knight will forever hold a special place in Mets fans' hearts. Parting words for episode 17, Bring Out the Coke, Keith Hernandez episode.
2: Just keep playing baseball, right? And uh, Billy Epler. Gotta love... Dan Vogelbach for Ch- uh, Mr. Holderdog, Guy that we love. The Holder Dog. Immaculate inning. But we got a guy who's got good WRC+. Brings no other tools, but he's got the good WRC+. It's almost like hearing you guys say, old oh, people. Well, he's got good batting average. That doesn't mean he's any good.
1: Hit a home run. I mean, th- that's about it. There's at least one. I- I'll-, I'll be good with that. And when you're not down 10 runs. That- that- that's... that's- Pretty much all I ask because, again, like, I'm old, okay? So they made these rule changes where, like, they want to make the game more exciting and more fun so that people could enjoy watching it. Like I said before, this team is so unwatchable right now. Like It's painful to watch because of the garbage relievers that they use that give up 10 million runs, and the fact that they can't score any runs on the other side is just hard to watch when everyone just won't swing a bat to score those runs. So uh, make me care. Hit something over the fence, swing for the downs, and then uh, win games. That'd be nice.
0: I, win if- I seriously have nothing that hasn't been said already um, in our 90 minutes of recording. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Echo you guys. Let's go, Mets. We'll see you guys next time. Don't suck. Or don't suck as much as you did this week. Just be a little bit better. That's all I ask. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. <laughs>